Ready for some word now? If you have a Bible with you, if you've got a Bible app, go ahead and get those things out and go with me to the book of First Timothy, chapter one. First Timothy, chapter one. If you don't know where that is, it's hard to explain. It's in that part of the Bible. So it's towards the end, 1 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, we're going to continue today uh, speaking along a line that we have been over the last several weeks now. Uh, I'm intentionally taking time this summer uh, to prompt and urge and, and push a little bit so that we can grow. And I'm talking about growth on a personal level so that we can as individuals grow and if you've ever noticed in life sometimes you need a little bit of prodding you ever needed that a little bit of pushing a little bit of sometimes even resistance you know and and if you deal with it properly you'll end up better on the other side but I have to get into your business in order to cause that to happen I can just give you a nice little sweet message and we all say happy happy church and uh, and leave the same or I can, uh, I can say some things that will be um, of a challenging nature. Yeah? Is that beneficial? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you ever go to the gym and, and work out, lift weights, how many know you have to lift things that are heavy in order to, in order to do any good? Or, or lift it enough times until it becomes heavy, <laughs> right? In order for it to do you any good, you have to have some resistance. And, uh, uh, and if you do it properly, you'll get stronger. Yeah? And if we will deal properly with uh, the Word of God and, and, and keep our ears open, our hearts open to receive and be alterable and changeable inside, then we'll go away stronger than we came, better off. Hallelujah. And so, uh, let's go. Let's do it. First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.12 uh, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Like I've said before, Paul was judged faithful by God and therefore as a result of that judgment, uh, he was used. He was used by God. Uh, there's no greater thing to be than to be used of God. And uh, he was put in a place. God set him in a designated, um, a specific design for his life and his gifting and his calling. And he gave him a life of significance and purpose because he was counted faithful. We've seen in Scripture already that uh, a faithful person is rare. They are. Many people will consider themselves to be faithful, but in, in reality, there's not that many of them. And, and so we want to make sure we're, we are on the right side of this equation. And, and, and we have this character trait in our own lives. Of course, we serve a faithful God, and we should... Um, follow him in that. We should imitate him and be faithful children of our faithful father. Uh, and so continuing today, I want to explain further uh, some of the the appearance of what faithfulness looks like. We, we've shown you this in many different ways so far. For example, last week we were talking about being faithful with knowledge, faithful with information. 
Um, how many know whatever you know, you can do the right thing with it or the wrong thing with it? And, and, and in that discussion, we, we addressed what the Bible calls a talebearer, or we would say a gossip. <laughs> how many know you can have information and do the wrong thing with it? Uh, but that's not faithful. A faithful person will handle information in a proper way. And uh, end result, of course, you can be trusted with more. You can be trusted to uh, have information. And revelation knowledge is a wonderful thing to have. Uh, today, I want to go a little bit further in a, into a different area. Um, and I, if you guys could lock the doors. Uh, you're already in here, so we're not letting you out. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I want to talk about your stuff. You know, you know, you know your stuff, <laughs> your money, <laughs> finances. The Bible has a lot to say about being faithful with finances. It really does. And, and we know that our lives, as as they are, we um, everything we possess ultimately belongs to God. Technically, I don't own anything, huh? I mean, I, I'm an heir of Christ and so, uh, and so forth. But technically, I, I just manage stuff. I don't own it. He owns it. Scripture says it this way. Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and all those who dwell therein. So God is the owner by right of creation. And I know He's given us authority. I know... Psalm 115 says He's given the earth to the children of men. And so the earth does belong to us in that regard, but He has given us charge over it. That's basically what it means. He's given us the right to rule and reign. He's given us authority in the earth. And so He's put us in charge of things, but how many know He's still supposed to be in charge of us? That's the way that works. Yeah, I control what He gives me, but then I submit, to, I submit my life to Him because I, I belong to Him. And this is a mentality that all of us need to have, especially when it concerns our stuff, our things, material things, that everything in my life belongs to God. It's not just uh, where I have the right to do anything I want at any time. Say, well, we're in America, we're free, and uh, we can do whatever we want. Well, slow down. <laughs> There is something else to consider in this. Thank God for freedom in society. Uh, but as a believer, is that all there is to say about that? You know, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20 reads this way, For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So what do you mean, your body, your spirit? Whose is it? Your body, your spirit, which are God's. So who so whose are they? <laughs> they're yours and, and they're God's. Your body is His. You see, it almost sounds like contradiction there. But this is a mentality we should have, is especially if you're a believer now. Stop thinking that, that everything is yours. In other words, it belongs to Him. Why? He bought me. I was purchased with the precious blood of Jesus. And now because of that, He retains ownership of my life. Yeah. And He does so by right of creation. Then, of course, we, we were sold out into sin. And He bought us back. I'm so glad He did. 
I, I'm so glad he paid the price, but now I do belong to him. And so if I carry a mentality that, that I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want, it's all up to me, and there's no regard to the one who purchased my redemption, then I'm missing it. Then I'm not, I'm not going to be faithful in my life. I need to glorify Him. You know how sometimes people say, well, it's my body. I can do whatever I want with my body. Well, not if you're a Christian. It's not your body. You've been purchased. Amen. Well, you know, a man, a woman, they say a lot of that with women. Women can do whatever they want with their own body. Well, not if you're a Christian. Not if Jesus bought it. Everybody okay? <laughs> we should view ourselves as belonging to God. Consult Him often in your life to see what uh, what, what what you ought to do, to see what you what what you should do. Amen. And being faithful with our finances begins with a recognition that all we have ultimately belongs to Him. And I know that we live in America. And we have been conditioned to do most of what we do for personal gain. For personal benefit. I mean, and don't get me wrong, I'm a part of this. I go to the store, I'm looking for what I want. At the best price I can get. And, uh, and there's part, some of that, it's not, I don't want it to go away. But there is a problem when that mentality is the only thing we have and we bring it into the kingdom. And it's all about me. And don't tell me we don't do this. We do this in church. Well, if I don't like this, mm. you know, and it becomes all about me. All about what I want. And, and what about him? And what about what he wants? Should that be considered? Well, certainly the Lord would never do something that I don't like. Really? Well, the Lord would never tell me to do something that didn't make me happy. What verse is that? Huh? That's not a verse. That's not a promise. No, that's where our culture has taught us how to think. And sometimes we need to uh, reorient and be retaught concerning the kingdom of God. Amen. When we, when we share about this subject, in fact, this is true with so many subjects that we deal with. When we talk about faithfulness, I'm apt to share with you the blessings, the perks, the benefits of being a faithful person. I've done that. And, and I'll continue to do that. I don't mean that's out of bounds or that's incorrect. But remember, you, you, you recall, we've talked to you about how if you're faithful, you'll be promoted. You'll be advanced. You'll be entrusted with more. God will increase you. There's so many blessings and benefits to being a faithful person. Can I give you another idea, though? How about God was faithful to you, and you just be faithful to Him because? Just because. No, 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 you don't get anything out of it. There's a thought. So what, what do I get out of it? What, 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 what do I get out of it if I go there? Nothing, nothing. You don't get anything. Nothing. But God smiles. Is that enough? And I don't, mean, I don't mean to say that the other is not true. It is true. There are two sides to all of this. But sometimes we're always, we're, we're approaching the Lord, we're approaching the Word only for what we can get out of it. Only for how it's going to benefit me. 
And I'm telling you, we're out of balance if that's the only thing that we get. I don't mean that it's not true. It's true and it, it needs to be there. But, but, but how about if we worship God because He seeks such to worship Him? How about if we're faithful because He was faithful to us? Hallelujah. Turn with me, if you would, Luke, to Luke chapter 16. Luke. Luke. Chapter 16. I want to get into some, something that, Je- that Jesus taught here in, in regards to faithfulness. In Luke chapter 16... It says over here in verse 1, He also said to His disciples, There was a certain man who had a steward. You know what a steward is. Uh, A steward is a manager. Okay, a steward is not the owner. But a steward is put in charge to to handle something. Alright, we we would, uh, in our day, probably more likely refer to this person as a manager. got this rich guy who's got a bunch of stuff, so he hired someone to run the place. Hired someone to handle uh, his goods and manage them. What happened? An accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. All right. How many understand that God is is not into waste? You know. You know. There's a difference between abundance and waste. We know our God is a God of in, of of overflow. He's uh, He's the one who runs the cup over. He's the one who, when he multiplies the fish, he makes extra. Yeah, <laughs> he's a god of overflow, a god of abundance, a god of too much, right? But he's not a god of waste. Even when when Jesus, you know, gave thanks and the fish and loaves were multiplied and they fed the multitude and there were leftovers, he said, "Pick up the leftovers and give that, give them back to the boy, right?" And that the boy who sowed his lunch reaped a great harvest of fish and loaves. Yeah. So uh, so we don't we don't ever want to be wasteful. That's, that's something we can, we, we can get from this. Don't waste stuff. Abundance? Yes. More than enough? Absolutely. Waste? Never. No, we never waste. Uh, verse 2. So he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give account, give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. In other words, you're fired. Isn't that what he's telling? You are out. You are out. You have lost your job. And... Uh, and, and, and so the steward lost his, his position. Verse 3, Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he's prepping for the future. So he called uh, every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said to him, A hundred measures of oil. He said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and write 50. In other words, cut it in half. <laughs> I'm cutting your bill in half. You owe half as much as of right now. Then he said to another, uh, and how much do you, do you owe? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write 80. Give him a 20% discount. Just like that. No coupon. Just do it. Verse 8. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their, in their generation than the sons of light. Alright? So now notice what he's talking about here. He, he's explaining an unjust steward. 
Not, not, not a just steward, not a faithful person, but an unjust steward. Yet he gets commended in this regard that he's looking out for the future. He gets commended because he's making preparation for what's coming next. Listen to that last verse there. Sometimes that's a little bit confusing to people. Verse 8 of Luke 16, Living Bible. Okay, it's a paraphrase, but it still works. Uh, the rich man had to admire the rascal for being so shrewd. And it is true that the citizens of this world are more clever in dishonesty than the godly are. All right? And so obviously we're not going to follow that. That's not the example for us to follow. Let's, let's be as dishonest as the uh, unjust steward here. And, and uh, let's, let's learn how to work the system and work our ways. And that's not what he's teaching. But Jesus is telling the story. And then he brings about uh, the truth that we're to get. Verse 9. And I say to you, because that's what he did. He said, now I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon. And when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Amen. Now, what does it mean to fail? And what do you mean make friends? Well, fail means to die. That's what the Greek word there means. It means to die, that when you die, they'll receive you. He, Jesus is basically t uh, saying, now listen, this is what this guy did. He made a way for himself after he was getting kicked out of his job because he was, he was wasting and he lost his job and he doesn't want to be out on the street, so he's making friends. So I so said, now here's what you do. You take your stuff and you use it to get people saved. You use your resources to make friends with unrighteous mammon, to bring people into the kingdom, so when you die, they're going to welcome you into, in that place. He is teaching us how to have a bigger vision, a greater perspective than just the, the puniness of the few years that we have here on earth. And he said, look past that. Look into the future. As this guy was considering his future, his next step, you consider your next step. You consider what's coming next and make preparation for it by using this unrighteous mammon, we might just say money, you, you use your money to make sure heaven is populated. Amen. And so, you know this. Um, people often say, you know, you can't take it with you. That's true. Uh, you know, you never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul. Uh, uh, but how many know you can send it ahead? And this is a real significant Bible truth. You can absolutely take what you have today and use it for eternal purposes, and you are forwarding it ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Into heaven. And, and so Jesus then goes on to explain... And gives us some popular verses. Some of you have heard these, quoted these, known these. In verse 10, he goes on to say, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Now, here's what the Lord is not saying. He's not saying here that if you will be faithful with a little, I will give you much. Not that that principle is not uh, taught in other places. 
But that's not what he said here. If you'll be faithful little, little, I'll give you much. He's basically explaining how our lives are. That if you are faithful with a little, you will be faithful with much. If you're not faithful with a little, you will not be faithful with much. Right? And so it kind of blows out this mentality that we sometimes have. We lie to ourselves and say, Well, when I get this, then I will such and such. When I win the lottery, I am going to be such a giver. No, you are not. Oh, yes, I am. No, you are not. And I can say it with absolute boldness because I am quoting to you, Jesus. You will do the exact same thing with much as you do with little. You will be as faithful with all the money on the, in the planet as you would be with two bucks. Say it out loud. Ready? Say, that's true. <laughs> that, that's true. Don't lie to yourself. Someone say, well, as soon as I get these bills paid off, I'm going to... No, you're not. Well, as soon as I get this job, as soon as I get this, this promotion, then I will... No, you won't. Everybody good? Say it's still true. <laughs> um, amen. This is a faithful principle. W what are we looking at? We want to fix whatever is broken in here in our character. We want to add faithfulness to our lives, not just add a behavior. Or say, when these circumstances change, then I will act different. When a person is what they is, then they will be what they be, no matter the circumstance around them. No matter what's happening. And the sooner we will accept that, the better. It's not a dollar issue. It's not an amount issue. It's, a, it, it's not. It's a faithfulness issue. I would encourage parents, uh, if, parents, if you have kids, if you have young kids, teach them to tithe when they're young. I mean, as soon as they can count to ten, then they can figure a tenth and honor the Lord with it. Yeah. Why? Say, well, it's not very much money. That's not the point. That's totally not the point. It's a matter of God first. It's a matter of being faithful to use what you have for eternity. And you teach them, well, you got $5. That's a 50-cent tithe. You get that ready and you honor and worship God with that. That's how you do it. Say, so, well, how is 50 cents going to help anyone? Well, one, it does when you add them all up. But two, that's not the point. That's not that, that. That's just that's just not the issue. Uh, it is not a matter of what you have. It's a matter of doing the right thing, or how much you have. It's a matter of doing the right thing with it. Amen. I, I remember. I remember being a a, a teenager myself a, when I was in my young teens. I can remember having this, and I, I would. I was in church, and I didn't have a lot of money, but I had a little bit of money. Did work, and uh, but I, I always thought. My amount of money, and I didn't. I didn't tithe. I didn't. I didn't disagree with it. I didn't have some kind of theological opposition to it. People around me were doing it, and I didn't. And my thought was like, it's just not very much. It's nothing. And I had a friend. Thank God for Christian friends. 
even at a young age, that got on my case about it. <laughs> when we talked, I said, yeah, I don't because I don't do this. He said, and he explained why I was having problems. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I think that's probably right. <laughs> and so I started and do and have, have since then. But with a very small amount. Why? It's a matter of faithfulness. It's not a matter of dollars. It's not a matter of money in, 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 in that regard. It's a character, character issue. And so, um, amen. <laughs> you are who you are. Wherever you are. Whatever time in your life you are. That's who you are. Praise God. Verse 11. Jesus said here, Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? If you haven't been faithful with what? With natural stuff, with money. Who will commit to your trust the true, true riches? I want you to notice the language that Jesus used about these things. He basically referenced what is least um, as the unrighteous mammon. Money is referenced by Jesus as something that is a small thing. It's the least. It's not a big deal. It's not a great spiritual advancement. It's nursery. Okay, this is the bottom rung. This is this is this is where a person gets started. I, you you know it's a bigger deal than what some people think because it's what everyone gets upset about, right? I don't mean everybody in here, but in in life, people get upset about money, and in churches, people get upset about money. Ah, there they go asking for money again. Well, you've got a God in your life, don't you? Huh? It's called money God. Otherwise, it wouldn't bug you. Hallelujah. Everyone's getting quiet on me. You know we've already received the offering. You're in the clear. Alright? Let's deal with the heart. Jesus referred to this as a, the least. The least of these. And how many people, how many believers think they are so advanced... They are so advanced in their experience with God and their revelation knowledge and they are way beyond the average person and yet their biggest issue is with their own money. Their own finances. They struggle and they rebel inside against that all day long. But yet God moves mightily through me. Yeah, it might not be as much God as you think. How many know the... the, the, the the kids in the nursery here this morning have very little freedoms. They're told where they can go and they are gated in. Right? And you parents, if you have some, some of you have kids in there, you're glad, right? You're glad they're not able to just run around because they could hurt themselves, they could they could get into trouble, right? You're glad they are in jail right now. <laughs> in the nursery jail. Uh, they got toys and things and snacks and all that stuff, but they don't get whatever they want. You can play with these toys. You can have this snack. And we'll tell you when you come and when you go, and they got their little area. There's just not a lot of freedom when you're at that level. Yeah? You know why people are restricting themselves from a lot of freedoms in, in their spiritual life? It's because they're still in the nursery. So I want to go further. I want to see more. I want to experience the great things of God. Okay, Grow up. Is that okay? Did I, is that kind of rude? 
It's just, it's just they're still dealing with the least of these issues. The least of it is our stuff. That's why the Lord said, get that straight first. Handle that. And if, you've, if you'll be faithful with the least, you'll be faithful with much. But if all your mind time and your thought life is struggling with finances and, and what should I give and all this kind of stuff, you need to get past that. Not skip over it. Get it right. And then, here come the true riches. What do I mean the true riches? Well, everything else beyond that, that it's beyond money. True deliverance and freedom and healing and eternal life and a relationship with God. That's all the good stuff. Amen. Now, we could talk all day long about God's blessing of physical and material things. They are of Him. There's nothing wrong with being materially blessed. Uh, in fact, it's of God. He gives us richly all things to enjoy. Huh? We could talk about, but I tell you, you may, if you have the nicest car on the planet and it's got perma new car smell and, uh, you know, you got some, I'm telling you, that does, that pales in comparison to the manifest presence of God. The moment you experience an embrace from God, everything else will seem very insignificant. And that's not to minimize natural blessings. Thank God for Him. Use Him. It's, it's of Him. But I tell you, we've had times in here where the presence of God is so amazingly thick and powerful. And it's, I, I just want to be here. I could give up the world, give, give away everything. I don't need anything. If I have this forever, I'm good. Because the presence of God is just so much better than any natural thing. And what the Lord wants us to do is have this perspective. Get this right. At least the unjust dude here, he saw, i got to get ready for what's coming next. And Jesus said, in our what's coming next, it has to do with being eternity-minded. It has to do with using your resources to propagate the gospel, to further, to advance it. So when you show up in heaven, there's a big honking welcome party. Why? Because we used what was in our hands for eternity. We used it for His kingdom, for His glory. We invested in the greater things, and our lives were advanced as a result. Amen. Many see tithes and offerings and things. They see that as a big thing. But again, I just think that's because money is a God in their life. It's a God that needs to die. Yeah? If you, if you have a position in life where you're, uh, you're, cho you're raising up leaders or you're hiring people... How many know you, when you see this, you recognize one of the areas you want to check on in people to see if they're going to be able to handle stuff well is you look at their finances. I know it gets quiet when I say that, but uh, if someone has a mess in their finances continually, they're going to, be, they're going to have a mess in other areas of life because that's the least of these things. And so here's, here's the deal. Don't be condemned over that if you're having struggles. Uh, you know, we're here to help. We, we want to help you. The Lord wants to help you. But getting that straight is one of the, it's one of the biggest issues. It's, it's not like money is so important, but it is a great revealer of, of what's ha truly happening in someone's life. How you spend your money tells a lot about you. And if it becomes something that's either even hoarded or, or misappropriated, it reveals other deficiencies in our character. That's why the Lord wants to 
of course he wants to help people get out of debt and not be in bondage and all this kind of stuff. He wants people to have abundance. But when that area is worked out in a person's life, they're ready for advancement. They're ready for true riches. That's the language Jesus used. They're ready for true riches. They're ready, let's go back to the previous messages, for promotion. Someone said, well, I, I have got that knowledge thing down, and I'm not, I'm not a part of the gossip world, and I'm faithful, I'm present, I'm there when the Lord needs me, here am I, send me. How's your finances? And I'm not saying, do you, are you uh, uh, amazingly wealthy, or are you poor, or somewhere in the middle? That's not the question, that's not the question. The Lord wants all of us to be blessed, don't get me wrong. But that's not the question. The question is, how do I handle what I have? That's the question. How am I managing what I do have? Not comparing myself to what I don't have or, or some... No, what do I have? Well, I've only got ten bucks. Handle it right. Be faithful with it. Yeah? And the Lord will increase it. But it's not just about the increase. It is about being faithful to God. Everybody okay today? See, this is useful in so many areas of our life. I don't want us to be held back. And the main thing I don't want us to be held back in is our spiritual relationship with God. I want you to go further. I want to go further. I, I, want, to, I want the true riches. I do. Selfish? I guess. I want them. How can I have the true riches? Dealing right with unrighteous mammon. With the least of these. Jesus went on to say in verse 12, And if you have not been faithful with what is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And so this priority system in our lives, this faithfulness, has to do with who we're going to serve. And who takes priority in our life? Who takes that, that place in, in, in our hearts? And if we will do the right thing, oh, get ready, get ready, get ready for more. Come on, get ready for, for, for the Lord to advance us into true riches. It's the better things of life. Amen.